I always love Jesus' sense of humor. You know, here's Nathaniel spouting off. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, and then Jesus says, oh, I know what kind of person you are. I saw you sitting down under that fig tree. And, you know, Nathaniel's all, oh, Rabbi, son of God, <laughs> you didn't hear anything, did you? And Jesus is like, really? That's what convinced you? I saw you sitting under a tree? Your brother, are you in for a ride? <laughs> you know, Nathaniel wanted to hear from God, but, but he's like a lot of us in that he was a little bit skeptical. Like a lot of us are when, when people say, hey, listen, we heard from God. Come and see. Kind of hesitant about it, but we all want to hear from God. I, I firmly believe that every single one of you that's here this morning wants to hear from God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You know, we live in a in an area here on the Emerald Coast where there is plenty to do. You had lots of choices this morning, especially with the sun finally coming out after like three months. So you had to want to be here. We want to hear from God. But sometimes our ears are a little stopped up. Over the next today and then the following two weeks, we're going to try to learn better how to tune in to God, to hear his voice. And the place we have to start is with ourselves. One of the most basic claims of Christianity is that God speaks. All through the Bible, you see that phrase, and God said... God wants to have a relationship with you, but there is no relationship without communication. And the problem is, when we do communicate, it's often misunderstood. You know, when, when Renee speaks to me, unless I am really actively listening, one of two things is going to happen. Either I don't hear, or I completely misunderstand. I'm sure I'm the only husband in here who's ever been accused of selective hearing. Men, I'll tell you right now, there are two things that you need to understand about women. But they won't tell us what they are. <laughs> now listen, you know, as much as we joke about it, even after 19 years of marriage to Renee, and, and this is the woman that I know better than anyone on earth and that I love and that I've dedicated my life to, and yet we still have problems communicating sometimes. If I have that much trouble communicating with her, I can probably expect the same thing to carry over to God. Not because of him, but because of me. I tend to be very skeptical of people who tell me that they always have a very clear word from God. Because I've seen a lot of stupid things done in the name of God. I tend to be hesitant when people say, God told me to do this. Because... We want to hear from God, but we have a problem with it. I know that some folks think that, you know, pastors always understand exactly what God wants us to do, that that, that phone in my office has a direct hotline to God. I wish, you know, that God calls me up, tells me what to say, and I just come here to say it. But the truth is, I don't get emails or phone calls from God, and sometimes I'm just as much in the dark about hearing from God as anybody else. It's a struggle. Not because God's not speaking, not because we don't want to listen, but because sometimes we just get in our own way. Now, on the other hand, there are times in my life when God speaks and I have no doubt who it is. Just like when Renee calls me on the phone, I don't have to see on my phone who it is. The second I hear her voice, 
She doesn't have to say, hi, this is Renee. I know my wife's voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And they respond. Nothing is more important than you understanding that God wants to talk to you. And you can actually hear him if you just tune in. Jesus said in Luke 8, 8, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So, brothers and sisters, it's time to get your ears on this morning. You have to be tuned in to hear God speak. Have you ever had a a, a case where you've had a, a cordless phone and you picked it up and there's a lot of static on it? You know, a lot, most cordless phones have multiple channels. And if you pick it up and there's a lot of static, you just hit the channel button, it'll switch to a channel. And eventually, you'll find one that's crystal clear. You can hear just fine. Well, sometimes God has spoken to you, but it hasn't come through crystal clear because you're not on the right channel. You know, here, here's a, a truth of science that absolutely blows me away. I, I mean, I really am kind of fascinated by this. Right now, at this moment... Millions of radio waves are zooming around this room. Every song imaginable is passing right through you right now. But you can't hear it. Why? Because you're not tuned in. It's not that the songs aren't playing. It's not that the music's not there. But that you don't have your tuner tuned in. That's the way it is with God. Right now, God is speaking to many of you. And if we don't hear from God, it's not because God's not speaking. It's because we're not tuned in. And so today we want to learn better how to tune in to God so that we can hear from him more often. In Luke 8, Jesus tells this parable. There was a farmer who goes out to sow seed. And as he went out to sow seed, his seed scattered all over in different types of soil. Now, back in the first century, they didn't plant one seed per spot, and then cover it up with dirt. They, they did what was called broadcasting. Uh, the farmer would have a pouch on, and he would just reach his hand into that pouch and get a handful of seed and just throw it out there. It's where we get the term broadcasting, just throwing everything out there. A farmer with this pouch would walk through this field he already had tilled, and the, and the seed would land where it, it may. And obviously some seed fell on good soil, and other seed fell on not-so-good soil. And Jesus tells us that these four types of soils that he represent, uh, that he talks about, represent mental attitudes. They're not four different types of people, because all of us in here have been each one of these types of soils at some point or another. We, We vary back and forth. Sometimes we're very open to what God will say to us, sometimes not so much. So what we're looking to do is learn how to be open more often. How do I do it? Well, first of all, I have to cultivate an open mind. I have to want to hear from God. If I ask you today, have you ever heard God speak? Many folks say no. Now, I'm not talking about an, an audible voice. Methodists couldn't handle that. I mean, we're too calm. What I'm talking about is an impression in your mind that you know came from God. Why don't we recognize God's voice? One of the possibilities is that we just haven't been open to the possibility of it. Maybe you weren't even aware that God wants to speak to you. 
or, or, or at least speak to you directly. When you have a closed mind, God can't get through. If you have the radio turned off, you're not going to hear any music. This is the first type of soil. Luke 8, 5 and verse 12. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some, field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Now, on every single farm, there, there is a footpath that the farmer walks down. And there's, there's two real characteristics of a footpath. And first of all, it's hardened because people constantly walk on it. The, the soil is compacted. It's not fertile and tilled like the field. But it's also very narrow. Farmer doesn't want to waste a lot of space. Do you know anyone like that? Folks that are closed-minded, narrow-minded, hard-hearted, not even open to the possibility of God speaking to them. And as a result, Jesus says the farmer sows the seeds, but they can't penetrate the ground because it's hard and compacted. The seed can't take root, and so it just lays there. Until the birds swoop down and eat it. The seed never even gets a chance. Sometimes the same is true with us. God is trying to speak to us, but he never gets a chance because our hearts are hardened. We've made up our mind. We're not willing to listen. What causes us to have a closed mind? Well, there's a lot of things, but I think three things in particular help us out and one of the main ones is pride what i have learned is that anytime you fail to pray about something you essentially say i don't need god now some things that's okay i can get dressed by myself i don't have to ask god in the morning what i should put on or whether i should get dressed i don't have to ask god's opinion about you know where i go for lunch You know, those are the kind of things God says you can do that on your own. What I'm talking about is our daily actions and attitudes. And and as we go through days, there are things that we need to pray about, but we don't. If I step into this pulpit without praying a lot, then I said, God, I got this. I don't need you. Take the Sunday off. Well, in that case, all that will happen is I'll give a little speech, but that's the end of it. Because only God can change lives. When I'm full of pride, I close my mind to God. And he can't say anything to me because I think I've got it all figured out, so I don't pray. The other reason is fear. Let's be honest. Sometimes we're afraid of what God might say back to us. What if I pray and God tells me to do something I don't want to do? What if God tells me to do something hard or unpopular? He might tell me to do something I think I can't do or I don't want to do. Or sometimes we're just afraid we'll lose our fun. And so we close our minds. And then there's bitterness. You know, whenever we hold on to bitterness, it causes us to close our minds to God. We start saying things like, you know, God, why did you allow this? Why is this happening to me? And we start blaming God for things other people did. And as a result, we close our minds to God. 
People who have been deeply hurt often have a very hard time opening up their minds and hearts to God. And and this is especially true when you've been hurt by supposedly Christian people who didn't act very Christ-like. And I know a lot of you here today at some point or another have been burned by a church experience. It's why I've said repeatedly, if it weren't for Christians, there'd be a lot more Christians. You get burned. And the tendency is for us to say, well, if that's what Christianity is all about, then I'm out. And I have to admit, I did that when I was younger. That's what kept me from Christ for many years. It wasn't God keeping me away. It was me because I was holding on to my bitterness and my anger. If you've been deeply hurt, let me say this to you. One, I'm very sorry that you were hurt. And I really mean that. God has never promised to exempt us from pain. But God does hurt with you. And the other thing I want to say is that when you're in pain, don't run away from God. Run to God. Because He's the only one that can make a difference. He's the only one that can bring healing for a broken heart. And the tragedy of that hard, bitter, beaten path is that it is barren. Nothing can grow there. It's unfruitful. A bitter life is a wasted life. So I beg you to open your hearts and minds to God today. Now the second thing I must do to hear God better is I have to allocate time. I have to make time for Him. I need to slow down, plan it in my schedule. You know, we schedule everything else in life, vacations and dentist appointments and dates and homework and and everything else. Well, do you schedule time for God or does he just get the leftovers? We want to hear God speak, yes. But sometimes all we do is say, all right, God, speak to me, make it quick. I only got a minute. You know, here's the truth. I love it when people come by the office or, or they say, hey, let's go to lunch or come by my house. And, and, and I love talking with you all. You're, you're the people that I love and I care about. When people schedule an appointment, I'm prepared. I'm ready for you. I've got everything set aside and I am giving you my full attention for that time that we're together. When people just drop by, I'm still happy to see you, but I'm not as focused. And, and I may have other things that are pressing on my mind that are trying to get my attention. And so you don't get all of me. Because I, I, I've got other things going on. Well, that's what happens with God. We want to see God. We want to hear from God. But we need to schedule that time where we can set aside time to give him our undivided attention. Luke 8, 6 and 13 says, Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow. But the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while. Then they fall away when they face temptation. Now, just as a hardened soil represents the closed mind, the shallow soil represents a superficial mind. You see, much of Israel is built on bedrock a limestone bedrock with only three or four inches of topsoil. When, when Jesus talks about the rocky soil, he, he's not just talking about soil with lots of rocks on the top. That, that's part of it. 
But what he's talking about is this type of soil where the plants can't go very deep. They can only go down about two inches. And so they do fine for a little while, but when the summer heat comes, they wither up and they die because the roots can't get down deep to where the moisture is. Because they're superficial, they're taken away quickly. This represents the superficial type of hearer who hears the word of God and it sprouts up and they're all excited, but it doesn't last. And when the heat is on, when the problems come, they wither and they fall away. Sometimes we hear God, we get all excited about it. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have told me, uh, you know, after worship, I was so moved by that message. But then a month later, there's no perceived life change. They got excited about the message, but they didn't do anything about it. And when the heat is on, they don't last. The U.S. Air Force did a study that found that people forget everything they hear. 90 to 95% of what they hear within 72 hours. Now, if you want a statistic that will depress a preacher... I mean, after we spend all this time crafting these magnificent masterpieces of sermons and to know that by Wednesday you've forgotten 90% of it, man, that'll drive me to the therapist. But that's why we have sermon notes in your bulletin on the back of the announcement page. We've got that place for you to write stuff down. Because here's the thing, the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. If you will write it down then you can go back and you can review it and you can work on it. If I don't write it down, then by the time I get to lunch, I'm going to have forgotten. You know, I went to a conference um, not too long ago and, and when I was, I was doing some teaching, but I was listening as well. And, and, and one of the speakers said some things that really spoke to me. It really impacted me. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. I need to work on that. I, that's an area I know God's want me to grow. And I wrote it all down. But the problem was I stuck it in with a bunch of other papers. And then this past week, I was digging through some things, and I pulled it out, and I found it. I was like, oh, that's what I was so excited about a few months ago. I, I, I completely forgot about it. All this stuff, God was speaking to me, and I had done nothing about it because I would failed to work on it. I failed to keep it in front of me. You have to take time to let God's Word sink in. You need to schedule time every day where you sit down with your Bible and you read and you think about your life and review what God's asking you to do. Write things down so that you keep growing by reviewing. But God can't speak unless you make time. Now, the third thing is I must eliminate distractions. A lot of times we miss hearing God because our minds are so crowded with the concerns of daily living. And when our minds are full, God can't get through. Renee will tell you this. I think it irritates her sometimes or she's just amused by it. But, you know, I'm thinking about and can be holding 50 different conversations at one time, often with myself. And, and, And so as a result, when I sit down to pray, it can become difficult to focus all that in and just to listen to God alone. Kind of like what Dana was talking about with the children. It becomes hard to just sit and be still and be quiet. So one of the things I've learned to do to deal with distractions is is whenever I'm praying, I keep a notepad right beside me. And every time one of those little distractions pops into my head, I write it down. And then I I leave it alone and forget about it. Because I know that I don't have to worry about that anymore because it's written down. I can come back to it. I can think about it later. 
It's, we have to eliminate the distractions so that we can focus on God. Luke 8, 7 and 14 says, Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. You see, the soil with the weeds represents a distracted mind. We're preoccupied. We don't know what to do in life, so we're usually not spending much time with God. Here's the thing. If you spend as much time talking to God about your life as you do worrying about it, you have a lot less to worry about. God isn't playing games with you. He has a plan and a purpose for every single life here today. But we get distracted and we allow everything and anything to just push God out of our lives. Not intentionally. But we need to understand that we can't confuse activity with productivity. It's possible to be extremely busy and get nothing done. You ever experienced that? A lot of you wives are saying amen. Jesus says distractions are kind of like the weeds. You know, and there's different kinds of distractions. Just some example. First of all, worries. I, I mentioned that. It is impossible to pray and worry at the same time. The Greek word for worry means literally pulled in different directions. When you're worrying, you can't hear what God wants to say to you because you're too preoccupied. Work can also be a weed in your life. We can be so busy making a living that we never really live. Uh, and another weed can be pleasures in life. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasures. Who do you think gave you the ability to enjoy pleasures? God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy this wonderful area where we live. But you can get so busy having fun that you forget about God. You know, we see times when recreation replaces worship. It's summertime. I don't think I'll go to church this Sunday. The beach is calling. I'll cut that Bible study or we're on vacation, so I won't do my quiet time. Well, what, are you on vacation from God too? Don't get so caught up having fun that you forget about God. Now, here's a very theological question for you. I want you to ponder this deeply. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? No effort at all, right? I guarantee you I can go home today and I can start a weed farm in my backyard with absolutely zero effort. The difference between a plant and a weed is that a plant or a flower is something that you have to cultivate, fertilize, trim, and water or it doesn't grow. With a weed, you do nothing and it just explodes. Weeds are a sign of neglect. And when I start neglecting time with God on a daily basis, then the weeds are going to grow up and choke out the spiritual life from me. Now, the final aspect is that I have to cooperate with God. I have to cooperate with what He wants me to do. You see, God talks to people who decide in advance that they're going to do whatever He says. Most of us want God to talk to us and tell us what He wants, and then we'll decide if we're going to do it or not. That's not the way God works. God says, no, 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 we don't play that game. I, I, I love the, the, the movie The Karate Kid, you know, from the, from the 80s. And, um, you know, Daniel 
wants to learn karate because these bullies are bullying him. And, and Mr. Miyagi says he will teach Daniel karate if Daniel will do whatever he says. No questions asked. Daniel agrees to this. And so Mr. Miyagi immediately puts Daniel to work, you know, washing cars and painting the fence and sanding the floor and waxing the car and, and everything else. And Daniel thinks it's just a waste of time. And I wanted to show you the scene. You know, I thought the movie was PG rated, but I went back and watched the scene. I discovered there were some colorful metaphors used that might not have been appropriate for worship. So I'll just describe it to you. Daniel gets fed up. He comes back. Mr. Miyagi spent the whole day fishing. Daniel's like, you know, why didn't you invite me to go fishing? I've been here painting your stupid house all day long. And, and he just goes on this big tirade just yelling at Miyagi. You know, you were supposed to teach me karate. And, you know, and, and Miyagi finally says, you know, Daniel, son, show me. Wax the car. You know, wax on, wax off. And, and Daniel doesn't realize he had been being trained the whole time he had been doing this work. That's the way it is with God sometimes. You see, the fourth soil represents a willing heart. Willing to do whatever God tells you to do before He even tells you. Willing to follow what He asks you to do, whether it makes any sense to you or not. Would you like to have a productive, fulfilling, and satisfying life? Then you follow James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You see, you kid yourself into thinking you're growing if you only come to church. You've got to do what it says. Having an open mind and making time for God is good, but it's not quite enough. If I want God to speak to me, I must be willing to cooperate with whatever he tells me to do, even if it isn't always easy. So here's the question that I want you to ponder today. What are you going to do as a result of today's message? The Bible says be doers of the word, not hearers only. Do something. The moment you walk out that door today, there's a little bird going to try to swoop down and steal the seed of what we talked about. The devil's going to try to get you distracted thinking about lunch or thinking about that jerk that cut you off in the parking lot. Whoops, that was the preacher. Or any other number of distractions. So if you want to make today count, commit to do something. Whatever God says to you as a result of today's message. It might be join a Bible study or start memorizing a Bible verse a week. Or, or start having a quiet time a day. 5, 10, 15 minutes. Just do something. Don't waste it. And when you commit to doing something, you will be amazed at how much you hear God speak. Amen. Our hymn of response, as we sing to God today,